0: Hi, and welcome to Pastor Christian Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message, but it will both challenge and inspire you. Let's to the Word of God this morning then. And we're reading again from Ephesians 5, and I'm going to read a large chunk just so I can talk about one or two verses. So I'm reading from Ephesians 5, and I'm going to read from 8 to 21 from the New King James Version. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is all goodness, righteousness and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake. You who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, uh, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So last week, last week we focused on Ephesians 5.11 and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. this week we need to look a little bit closely at that phrase, expose them. And then a couple of verses after that. So I'm going to read again, 5, Ephesians five, eleven to 13. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them, for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things are exposed that are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is the light. The word expose, in our understanding, has been translated from the classic Greek. And it means to shame or to disgrace, right? That's the classic Greek interpretation. But this wasn't written in classic Greek, even though that it was, it was translated from the classic Greek. It wasn't written in the classic Greek. It was written in the common Greek or the Greek that's used in the New Testament. And it's better translated, instead of shame and disgrace, it's better translated convict, convince, or express disapproval, which in context gives us two um, connotations. And and I want to talk about those two connotations, the way we look at it this morning. So the first one is not about judging or criticising, but that the light that we walk in, in the Lord, reveals and makes obvious the dark. Can you see, it's not us doing anything, it's just that the fact that we're in the, walking in the Lord, we're in the light, we are the light, then naturally it's going to expose or reveal or shine and light up and and make obvious the darkness. And, and some of you have already experienced this but you don't even know it. It's not like you've spotted something and you're re- deeply troubled so you go out and forcefully address it. No, no, you're just getting about your life... Doing your best to please Jesus, to walk in His ways, and and to fulfil all your responsibilities, you know, and and then all of a sudden somebody will come up against you, and and they'll 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 literally ever got you because why are you always judging me? Yeah. You just condemn me all the time. You don't understand. You don't. But all the time we're just like, what the? Actually, I was thinking about the cricket and getting ready to do this job and remote, trying to remember the chores, and we're just getting about life. But all of a sudden, someone comes. But see, that's not us judging and criticising. That's us just getting about in the light, doing what we're supposed to do. But the light, the light actually exposes the darkness, and they feel it. They feel that conviction. So, so part of one of the connotations, part of what we're looking at is. It's not something that you have to make happen. All you do is get about walking a life that's pleasing to the Lord, getting, getting deeper in that relationship, just you know, just getting closer to Him and, and learning because we're all still pretty ignorant about Him and His ways. So you're just getting close to the Lord, learning some stuff and you're just minding your own business. But the light starts to shine. It's like we said the other week. You've been to, I've been to some areas. Uh some overseas, some here. I, I told you at the time I was in prison near Dimbula, Lotus Glen, and I went from a light security where I was doing devotions for the prison chaplain, and they took me into high security. And as I walked through one door, it was a solid door, admittedly, but as I walked through that door, the atmosphere changed. It was mm, yuck. Because the people that lived there, they were living in darkness. They were there because of darkness. And I suggested that, you know, um, what's needed in our communities isn't stricter laws or penalties. It's more light. And not that we deliberately go out and try to make things happen. No, it just means people being themselves in Christ. Just getting on about, serving the Lord, just learning and growing and being yourself and doing life with him and learning. But I believe the accumulation of that light will change not just the atmosphere but the whole community. Remembering that the light is so much more powerful than the darkness. Remembering that it takes a small candle to light up a very, very dark room. Uh, So... I just want to make that point very clear. Um, We've experienced that together. People have accused you of judging them uh, or deliberately highlighting, pinpointing their darkness, their weak spots, their vulnerability, their habits, their shame. Um, But it wasn't you doing that. It was just that you're in the light and that you were so bright that that caused the darkness to react Uh, and the fact is it did happen it just wasn't you how many people know what I'm talking about they've experienced that in John 16 verse 8 and I'm not going to read the whole passage but just this one verse Jesus tells us and when he has come he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and judgment. He's talking about the Holy Spirit, of course. He's not talking about somebody who's deliberately trying or doing their best or, you know, pointing out faults. No, no, he's talking about just someone who's walking in the Spirit and the Spirit shines the light. And, and, and the darkness can't handle it. So it's not us. It's happening, but it's not us. It's the Holy Spirit in our lives. I know, I know, you all know people who think they're the Holy Spirit and that it's their job to convict everybody of sin and point out their faults and where they're doing it wrong and advise them what they should be doing. Um, But really, it's not you at all. And it can never be and should never be. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. And if that light shines bright in your life and exposes the darkness, well... That's just the way it works. So the point being, I suppose, is that um, even in our day-to-day lives, even in the routine of our day-to-day lives, we, we should be aware. Let me put it differently. We, we should walk in the Spirit. We should make sure the Spirit's with us. We should be aware of His presence. Because you never know what He's doing around you, And how, if you're sensitive to that, you can actually just position yourself so you're you're a benefit, not a pain in the neck. You're you're a benefit, not a hindrance. Are we all right this morning? Is it too warm? I need to put the air conditioners back on. Uh, You're getting too comfortable, I think. Um, So we better make sure that we are led by the Spirit, not by our flesh. Because our flesh wants to react. There's something in this I need to make very clear. Uh, and while it's very obvious, it needs to be said. And, and it sounds a bit stupid, but the truth is it needs to be said. You are not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit walks with you and be in you. It's all around. It's part of your life. But you're not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's in you, right? You're going, that's just a dumb thing to say. No, no, I know people who think they're the Holy Spirit. And it's their job to point out evil and correct everybody and and convict the world of their sin and judge them. And Does anybody else know that? It's just, I've got bad friends. Okay. Okay. so this, this ought to be taking the pressure off and, and, and the truth is it probably will upset some others but it does need to be said. And I'm just going to take some obvious verses just to establish this one truth. In Zechariah 4, 6, it says this. So he answered and said to him, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. It's not by might nor by power but by my spirit, says the, host of, the Lord of hosts not by my, not by, we need to, because we, we are guilty of trying so hard sometimes, of trying to make things happen sometimes, of trying to get the outcomes that we think. We make, spend such a lot of emotional energy, physical energy, we, we just work so hard, ben, we're, but you're not the Holy Spirit, it's not by you. It's not by your might, your strength, your strategies, your determination, your discipline. No, no, he said, it's not at all. It's the spirit of God. It's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. 1 Corinthians 1:29, it tells us why, that no flesh should glory in His presence. No flesh can touch the presence of God. No flesh can claim the accolades the credit because the flesh is inadequate it it can't but it's the spirit and I don't want to get all super spiro. I I just want to this is the way it's supposed to be we're supposed you've heard the phrase naturally spiritual and spiritually natural we're just people getting on about our lives the difference being is we're mindful of the Holy Spirit. And, and the more we are mindful of him and what he's doing, the more we can get in sync with him and the more we'll see happen. But it's not because we're such geniuses and so holy and righteous and so strong. No, no. It's because, one thing, because we're aware of his presence. And, and I'd be lying here I say, you know, I walk in that all day, every day. No, no. It, it does take a little bit of effort. But it's not me trying to be good or do the right thing. It's me trying to say, okay, Holy Spirit, what are you doing today? What's happening here? What are you doing here? And I just want to wanna get in sync with you. Does that make sense? It's just that simple. But we make it so complex and we put so much pressure on ourselves. Every time... Somebody tells you, this is what you have to do, you should be very cautious. Be really, very cautious. They might be right, but they're probably wrong. Um, None of us, not any person that's ever lived, apart from one, um, could satisfy the requirements of the law, Right? Nobody. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, the Bible says. Not one person, Old Testament, New New Testament. Not the great heroes of faith, not the guys who did the most amazing miracles. In fact, they didn't do it. They were just part of it because the Holy Spirit was doing it. But the deal is, nobody could satisfy the requirements of the law. Right? Not one of us. So Jesus did it for us. The only one fulfilled all the requirements of the law, satisfied them completely was tested in every way that we tested. Difference being, oh wow, been distracted a little bit. Uh, Difference being, what was the difference now? It's got nothing to do with eating chocolate. What was the difference? (laughs) The difference being, the difference being uh, we failed he never did. Mm-hmm. Tested. Every way you've been tested, to even a greater measure, he was tested, never failed. And and he did this in his own. It, 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 you know, it wasn't like, he did this, he took this, he took the test. So when someone tells us this is the way we should do it, we well, well, man, man, a I minute, mean, um, None of us have ever been able to satisfy the requirements of the Lord. Jesus did it. Um, we couldn't earn forgiveness or salvation. We couldn't. We couldn't make it happen. So Jesus did it. We couldn't attain access into the Father's presence. So Jesus made a way for us. He did it. He made it. And, and obviously you can see there's a list that could go on a very long time right now. We couldn't access, uh, attain access to the Father, so Jesus did it. We couldn't even live this wonderful life he's already secured for us, so he sent us help. There's no way we could have secured a place in eternity. We can't even do it on this life, but so he did it for us. Are you getting the point? How dare anybody say to us, this is what you've got to be doing? Because we can't. But Jesus does it. And, and so what we really ought to be doing is just staying close to Jesus because he's done it all already. Um, the list goes on. But the point is, we can't do it in our own strength. It's not by might, nor by power. Our best effort isn't sufficient. But what we do have to do is to step into what he's done for us. Not try and make it up, but step into what he's already secured, what he's already made available, just to step into that. Part of that is simply believing. And and you go, okay, what does that really mean? Have faith, what does that really It means I, I understand what Jesus has done. I've, I've, I've got the basics here and I believe it and I keep it in my mind a lot and that's how I stand or walk in the truth. Again, it's not me trying to make stuff happen. Have you ever had anybody praying for you, and and they get very passionate and very excited, and and they end up grabbing you and squeezing you and shaking you? Have you ever had been on an altar call where someone grabs your head and squeezes it so hard that you know you feel like stuff coming out your ears? What? There's all kinds of responses are going on in the room right now and I just don't want to go there. But the but the truth is a lot of times even in prayer we're trying to make stuff happen. But that's why we're praying because we can't make it happen so we pray and ask him to do it for us. I've been in rooms. I've been in meetings where um, people have got so excited, I'm not saying that they're like, you know, um, outrageously rebellious and all, but I've been in meetings where they got so excited, they literally pushed people over. Everybody been there? Where it's, For some reason, people think if someone falls over, that's the evidence that God's working. I've got to tell you, we've been in some very special meetings. We were, We were in some wonderful meetings in the... 90s, and, and it was the Holy Spirit, because we we were just new pastors, we were pretty ignorant, stuff was happening, we're looking at each other going, is this good or is this bad? <laughs> is, is this Jesus or is this the devil? You know, it's just like, what, I didn't understand any of this stuff, what was happening. But we just went with it because over a period of weeks, people's lives were getting healed, were getting changed, they were just letting go of the past and looking forward to the future and all that kind of stuff. And so we just went with it. We just cuz we we never said anything cuz we didn't understand and I didn't want everybody in the church to know I didn't know. <laughs> so we just went with it. But here's the thing this one day we had the most wonderful morning. It was like God came down. It was just what's well, a stupid phrase cuz he is here anyway with us. But the deal is it was like he took over the meeting. And there, and there was people, all sorts of things were happening. And there was one guy, and this is a Mariba, and he's a jackaroo, and he'd just come back from the station somewhere. And He was a nice man, but, you know, pretty hard and just black and white and it, it, hard-working, man, skin like leather. But he, he just came to the meeting, and he came to the altar call, and I'm not exaggerating, he just stood with his hands behind his back, And so Jane and I, we're busy praying for everyone and people are falling over. Some are crying, some are laughing, some are rolling. It was just unbelievable, just all sorts of stuff. People were prophesying, people were getting... It was just amazing. But this guy, nothing happened for him. It got to the point where I felt like pushing him over just so he said something could happen with him. But I didn't. It's not my style. So at, at the end of the meeting, I went up to him and said... How you going, mate? And I was almost apologising, right? How are you going? He just looked at me and said, Wow, I've never experienced anything like that before. Like, like what? Actually, it could have been Peter Muller. No, sorry. I'm just like, he's just emotionless. That, not Peter Muller, the guy on the article. Um... I've seen Peter emotional. It was his wedding day, I think he got quite emotional. Um, But anyway, the point was, this guy, I said, what do you mean? He said, that was amazing. It was like, and yet there was not one. Who do we think we are? We can judge and think that God has to work in a certain way or, or only that is evidence that God's working. Truth is, I, can't make, I couldn't have changed his life. I just, we just prayed for him and God did some stuff and did change his life. So the thing is, we don't try and make stuff happen. We step into what God's already done for us. Big difference. I know it sounds like I'm splitting here, but big difference. And we step into it by being mentally, emotionally aware, conscious of it, reminding ourselves continually. Does that make sense? It's not like, you know, one minute we're overwhelmed and, and we have these grand visions and, and incredible revel. It's just that the little, the basic stuff, we just remind ourselves constantly. We we're conscious of it. And and that's how we stand in it, and that's how we... It gets to a place where it helps us make decisions or influences the decisions we make. Um, So the list would go on and on, what he's done for us, what we can't do for ourselves, what he's done for us, uh, and uh, we just have to step into that and walk the path he's laid for us. Now let me go to the second connotation of that uh, verse, to expose, that word to expose. Uh, remember the definition of that word is to convict, convince, to express disapproval. So we got this one thing where, okay, it just happens because we're the light. Not because we made it happen. Not because we're holy. Not because we're wiser or smarter. Or, no, no. It happens because we're in the light, in the Lord. The Lord it's him in us, right? So, but there's this other side where, where there is a role we play but it's not judge and and jury and and critic. Um, In Galatians 6.1, we read this, Brethren, if a man is overtaken by any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourselves, lest you also be tempted. Now, there's a great message in there about the way we should treat people because the way we judge will be the way we're judged. What we criticise or what we focus on and criticise we will fight. I've, I've done this by experience. I'm telling you, not just because I read it in the Bible, but I experienced the things you criticize or focus on or judge or, or, or find. The thing is, if you don't do, it, if you do it with a wrong attitude, if you get a little bit smart, a little bit, then you find yourself going through exactly the same situation, and then you realize, wait a minute, I'm no better than them, because I've just fell the way they fell. I've just exposed myself. And so I think, I don't know if it's, we give the devil a, a foothold or if God says, well, let me just, uh, if you think you're so good, let me put you through the same thing to see if you are or not. So don't judge anybody. Don't criticise because I can you can guarantee sooner or later you'll be going through the same thing and you you will succumb to it. And then you'll be... A, we were talking about this the other day, actually. Uh, we've known, personally, some great men and women of God who've made terrible decisions and fallen. and uh, But God, in His mercy and His grace, has restored them. And, and here's the significant difference to the before and after. They're a lot more humble. Humility is so precious. They're so, I have seen people... Who have fallen and and have worked their way back because they got a name or reputation or some connections, but then you get to talk to them and they're arrogant and angry and blaming others for the mess that they caused. Humility is the key. So don't don't judge because, criticise, find fault because, the truth is we're all guilty. And God in his grace will allow you to go through certain things that you get to a point where you realise it and after that you will be very humble. Sometimes you will be humiliated. But you'll be humbled. So, But I'm getting off point. Galatians 6, brethren, if a man or a person is overtaken, falls in their trespasses, you are spiritual. And the implication there is, you know, you're sensitive to, you're mature, you're, you have a level of understanding. Um, be very gentle and uh, work at their restoration. Restore them. So we have this aspect of exposing sin that just happens because we're in the light. It's the light that shines and reveals the darkness. But there's this other side, this other side to it, this other connotation where we do have a role to play. But we very humbly, very gently go in and, and we talk. And I, I want to show you how that happens. How, how they work together, in fact. Those two things work together. Um, and it comes from the account with the woman caught in the act of adultery. Okay, I'm not reading the whole passage, just about half of it. So listen to this in John 8, 7-12. to 12. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw the first stone. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it being convicted by their conscience went out one by one, beginning with the oldest even to the last. And when Jesus was left alone and a woman standing in the midst, when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to a woman, where are your accusers? Where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, no, Lord, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I'm the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So we get that story. We, we see Jesus who's there to restore, to heal, to set free, to restore. But he's, he's loving and he's kind. He said, okay, okay. I'm not going to condemn you. I'm not even going to accuse you. I'm not going to do it. And in my presence, nobody will. Right? We, we got that aspect of his gentleness, but then we mix it with uh, the account, uh, we mix that account with Jesus' instructions in Matthew 18, 15 to 17. Listen to this. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, several years back, in fact, about the time we first started this church, I had the revelation and asked myself, okay, Jesus said we've got to treat them like a heathen or a tax collector. How does Jesus treat heathens or tax collectors? He becomes their friend. He loves them. Right? shows you something of that gentleness. So, You put them two stories together we have this aspect of this exposing word where we go to our brothers who've fallen or they're doing something wrong but we go with gentleness we go humbly and we talk to them and if it doesn't work we take two or three witnesses just to talk to them and if it doesn't we take them to the church and if they won't listen to the church Then he says, well, you've got to be their friends and love them. There's none of this um, classic Greek interpretation about, you know, condemning them. Jesus says, "I'm, I'm not going to condemn you. The account of the woman caught in adultery, there was no condemnation. John 8 and 9. Then those who heard it being convicted by their consciousness. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus spoke to them, he even acknowledged that they were technically right. This woman's caught in the act of adultery. Moses says, we've got stone her. He said, yeah, 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 that's right. Okay, let him who has no sin throw the first stone. He, he addressed it, but he didn't enforce anything. It, even on those accusers, those that were condemning, those who were willing to put it to death. He just said, and then he left it. And what happened was, Holy Spirit started working on their hearts and they could have got victed. They could have said, they could have turned around and went, ah, oh, you're always judging us. You're always condemning us. Why? Because all of a sudden they just walked into the light and their darkness was exposed. But the work of the Spirit there, they were convicted and the oldest, the maturest, probably not the wisest, but the deal is, that's not the right word, but the most experienced person probably went, yeah, no, I've messed up plenty of times too. And so from the, the most mature, the most experienced is probably the best life experience. They, they just walked away. Can can you see this picture? So this this is how we're to live in the spirit, he says. You were once darkness but now you're light. This is how you live walking in the light. So we may have to speak. But when we do, it's not judgmental, it's not critical, it's not attacking, it's not condemning. We might quote a word like Jesus was, he's redefining. Um, but we let the Holy Spirit do his work. Why do we put so much pressure on ourselves? Why, we, why do we allow others to put, this is what you've got to do, you've got to do this, this, is No, no. All I've got to do is walk in what God's done for me already. And as I walk in the light, and that light shines... And it exposes the darkness. I'm I'm saying this because I believe the way to our community becoming a better, more wonderful place for people is for Christians just to let the light shine. Not stand pointing the bony finger with their screeching voice. Shame, guilt, condemnation, criticism. No, no. Just getting about doing our business but letting the light shine. I, I reckon I reckon if we all just became deliberately, intensely conscious of that instead of trying to make yourself just realize he's with us and just got a better life i reckon the light could disperse the darkness of our community and it'd be a better place to live for everybody what do you think i've been thinking a lot about revival now um there are people that will tell you the word revival's not in the bible it's not but there have been plenty of revivals in the bible there are plenty plenty of revivals in the bible but guess what? They usually happen with God's people. So we can talk about the nation of Israel and revivals that God brought in Israel, but what we should talk about is God's people and therefore the church. I think revival happens in the church, not in the community. I think we, we, we just become aware of our Lord and, and intentionally, deliberately just start to stand in that and walk in that. And then the light, the church is revived because of that, because everything changes Uh, Because we're not in the flesh, we're in the spirit and the deal is all of a sudden there's a revival in the church but the light that comes out of the revival starts to shine and dissipate the darkness in the community. People see and start to come. They're not revived. Revive implies that something was dead and now it's been made alive again. Where that's never been alive, it's just dead. So we, we get a revival in the church but then the light that shines in the community dissipates the darkness and people start to see and come. Not to church so much, but to Jesus. After they found Jesus, they'll come. They'll come to church. i I got a sort of developing theory that church is really for Christians, but Christians are for the community. We're the light. So we've been praying that the people you care for and love for, the people you've been witnessing for, all of a sudden the light will shine in their house and, and they'll come to you and you can tell them and maybe they'll accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour through your relationship and then you bring them to church later. Instead of thinking if we could just get them in church, they might get saved. Well, that does happen and, and I want it to happen more but the deal is probably the best way is if they get saved at your coffee table, your dinner table, your living room, your garden, because they've built up a relationship and you've been praying for them and they see a light. Okay, we've got communion. And today, obviously, we're remembering what Jesus did on the cross, his body broken for us and his blood shed for the forgiveness of our sins. But we're using it this morning to remind ourselves that we couldn't. We couldn't. He did. And and we need to remember that and live that way. We can't. He can. He can't. We can't. He can. We won't. He will. That, just to remind us of that because of this, what it symbolises. So why don't we take that first film off. They're coming off together. We take the first film off. We get the little wafer. It's just a tasteless, cheap bit of flour and water, I think. I don't know what it is. But what it represents is incredibly powerful. It represents his body that was given, his body that was broken for us, what he went through on the cross. When he did this, he said, take the bread and eat it. Remember. Can I call you to remember? Can I call you to remember why? Because we couldn't, but he did. Let's keep living that way as we remember together. And then we get the juice without spilling it, Graham. we get the juice, just juice, not wine, wine's too expensive. (laughs) We get the juice, just juice, probably cheap juice, probably wouldn't buy it by a big bottle but this is all right in this portion but the deal is what does it represent, his blood, The precious blood that was shed for the forgiveness. He paid the price in full. Let's drink it while we remember that. Remembering that. Why he did it? Because we couldn't. Praise God. Where's my wonderful worship team? Let me finish. And I'm just going to read. I'm not going to dissect. I'm just going to read this verse for three verses from Isaiah 61 to 3 which is probably the coming week's message, where we read this, Arise, shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And the Gentiles shall come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your rising. Arise and shine. If it was just us, we'd still be in darkness. But because of what he's done now, there's this incredible light. If we could peel back the natural realm and look into the spiritual realm, I think, you know, a bit like The Matrix. Anybody know that movie? You take back... You take back the deception of the natural realm, peel it back, and and the light outside this building would be so bright with white light shining out the windows because you're here, because you're in the light now. So, Father, I pray you'll take my best effort And you will, by your spirit, interpret it to the language of every heart in this building right now. That Lord, in the name of Jesus, you might have to interpret the words I've used. You might have to use a completely different language. But take what I've presented and anoint it and bless it that it might be a blessing to the hearers that it might be edifying encouraging instructing might be an incredible revelation might be liberating helping delivering even Holy Spirit come come Bless, bless the reading of your word. In Jesus' wonderful name. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you were blessed with today's message. You can connect with us at pacifanchristianchurch.com.